0: well good evening lake effect church welcome to our lent service it's good to be with all of you for those of you at home thank you for joining us online it's great to be celebrating or beginning the lenten season together as a community this is such an important part of the church calendar and i'm excited for tonight the service to kind of kick off to begin our whole preparation for easter uh, if you were at our service on Sunday, I mentioned that so many people have talked to me that they're very excited for Lent this year. They're excited, they're anticipating Lent, and tonight Susie Renzema is with us, and she's going to teach us more about Lent. And I think if you're not familiar with Lent, I think you would be very encouraged by her teaching. But as a church, we're reading together this daily devotional called Journey to the Cross, which is a very powerful book to read that helps prepare our heart for all that God has and all that Jesus has done for us in this season. So we come here tonight with just mixed feelings, kind of feelings of excitement, of preparation, anticipation, but also the reverence of just being humble, coming before Christ and recognizing our sins, but also recognizing the gift to be aware of our sins. And I think that's one thing I like about Susie's teaching. It's very encouraging when she talks about sin and redemption and wholeness and what Christ wants to do with us during this season to prepare our hearts. So before we begin, I just want to read a psalm to you. Psalm 51 verse 12 and 13. This is a powerful two scriptures. This is not in your notes. But some of you remember when David had sinned earlier in his life that the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to convict him of his sins. And after after David was convicted of his sins, he prayed to God and he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. I think that's part of our heart prayer is that we would, that the Lord would restore to us the joy of our salvation and just help us understand the full joy of what we have of our relationship with Christ and help to make us willing to obey him. As I said on my message on Sunday, a lot of people that I'm talking to that are excited about Lent kind of feel like last year Lent and Easter and Good Friday kind of got lost in the midst of COVID. That Suddenly all of our attention turned to COVID and we kind of really forgot Lent and forgot Easter and the meaning. So I think a lot of us come this year with deep anticipation and excitement to really focus on what is the cross all about? And what did Jesus really come to do for us, and what is our best way to prepare? So before Susie comes up, let me open us up in a word of prayer. So Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and we're grateful. We're grateful, Lord, that you have convicted us of our sins, but also, Lord, that you have shown to us the way of salvation. So God, as we come before you tonight to begin this Lent season, this 40 days of preparation, God, I ask that you'd send your Holy Spirit here. Send your Holy Spirit to each person that is watching tonight, that you would lead us through the service, that Lord, as David prayed, Lord, that you would um, just return to us the joy of our salvation, but also, Lord, that you would help us to be willing to obey you. God, we pray for Susie tonight, Lord, as she leads us that your Holy Spirit would just put the thoughts in her mind and that you would order her thoughts and that what she shares tonight, Lord, is from you, that that you would just, um, just send your Holy Spirit, Lord, to minister to each person so that we receive all that she has prepared. God, I thank you for this message. I thank you for the joy and for the hope that this season brings. And God, I pray for all of us tonight that we would just be ready to receive, and that, Lord, we would be humble and obedient to follow you during this season as we journey to the cross and we recognize all that Christ did for us. So, God, I pray again that you would just send your spirit here to lead us and to teach us all the things that we need to tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Hello, church family. This is uh, a very different way for me to teach. I don't really know how Jack does this every week, (laughs) Um, but I am really happy to be here. I'm happy to be um, starting this season. Um, It's so funny to think back that last year when we were doing this service, it was to a full room. Um, We'd heard of COVID, but if you were like me, you thought it was something that was gonna stay over there and wasn't really gonna come here and we had all these plans, and I had all kinds of anticipation, and I had, I had a, a whole bunch of ideas of how I was going to celebrate Lent, and, um, and I, I didn't really do any of those things. Um, I gave things up. <laughs> we all gave things up. And I was thinking about it as Jack was, was opening that, in some ways, it's like we've been in almost a year of Lent. Um, you know what people typically think of when they think of Lent is what are you going to give up? And we've been in an entire year of giving up, but you know that was invo- that was like involuntary giving up. This is a different kind of giving up. So before I get started with um, what I have to talk with you about, I just want to um, pray as well because honestly, um, I don't really I don't really care to dazzle you with information what i really want to do is draw you into the presence of god and i want to set you on a path for the next forty days that when you get done you feel like you're closer to him than you were when you started and if that happens then whatever i do tonight was worth it and was his will so let's just start with um, prayer again father god we um, we love you so much If there's one thing this last year has taught us, it is that in spite of everything, you are still good. Um, Your love is evident. You are in control. Um, You care deeply for us. And you never leave us or forsake us. So Lord, as we enter into this season where we seek to give something back to you to prepare our hearts for the greatest gift you ever gave us, I ask Jesus that you would open us up um open us up to receive make our hearts tender and open make our ears ready to hear and our eyes ready to see and our minds ready to know and god um we give this service to you and i just thank and praise you that um you've chosen to use me in this way it's in your name i pray amen um so what i want to start out with is um I kinda of did that we acknowledged the difficulty of what last year was um, you know that last year we were a large group we were meeting together we were looking forward to this journey um, I was as I was going through and making some notes for myself today, I was remembering that you know last year Jack and Becky and I had talked about um, you know celebrating lent as a church and then you know ending lent with this like feast on Easter Sunday we were going to do a church wide brunch on Easter Sunday where we would share a meal together and we would just you know celebrate the the risen Christ and and instead we were all in our houses alone and um strange for me to not have my parents there not have my kids there um, you know, one bright spot was that if you remember last year, April, uh, April 12 was Easter, and it was a gorgeous day. It was beautiful. It was warm. Um, and <laughs> and it was interesting for, our, for my husband and I, because it, we decided we weren't going to waste this gorgeous weather. We were going to get our dog and go out for a walk. And uh, we have a miniature dachshund who is... Um, nervous and psychotic as all dachshunds are but we love him and we put up with it and um... he loves to go for walks but he absolutely hates bicycles we don't know why but when he sees one he completely loses his mind and on easter we had gone for this beautiful walk gotten back in our car and we're driving out of the parking lot we just driven out of the parking lot and heading down the road going about twenty miles an hour and a family went by on bikes and our dog lurched himself out the window of our moving car and landed on the pavement. And, um, well, from there, it was a crazy few days that resulted in my my little mini dachshund now being what they call a tripaw, um, having a back leg amputated, and he's a little three-legged guy now. But um, that was just kind of like how our Easter went last year. So... Um, and that was all wrapped into COVID. So we're, we're really looking forward to a better Easter this year. Um, but you know, we aren't here to lament over last year. Um, God has been good and God has been faithful through it all. Um, but that does bring me to my first point. Um, why do people shy away from observing Lent? Now I know that's not a hard and fast rule, but I, growing up Protestant, was sort of like you know, it's just not not really something we did, and um, I mean, obviously there was the church calendar, and there was a lot of focus put on Easter, but I don't remember a lot of focus being put on observing Lent, and, you know, when I think about it, as I've, you know, spent more time um, acclimating myself and learning about the church calendar, you know, the, the two big moments of the church calendar are Advent and Lent, but when I look at it, you know, it's a lot easier to get excited about Advent. You know, when I look at, I looked at what I, what I think of Advent, you know, and Advent is this hopeful arrival of a would-be king coming in the form of a sweet baby. Um, It's the promise of reform to a society and government that was cruel and oppressive. Um, It's the light coming into the darkness. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, infused with hope and change. And then I look at, what we think of as Lent, you know, 40 days of penance and fasting that culminates on Good Friday with the brutal crucifixion of the would-be king, um, uh, hope dashed, expectations unmet, the light goes out, and an even deeper darkness comes. So it's easy to see why people get really excited about Advent and those of us that didn't grow up in a liturgical church background kind of don't really know what to do with Lent. We sort of just leave it over here and we focus on Easter. Um, by definition, Lent is, you know, 40 days of penance and fasting that culminates on Good Friday. Um, and it's uh, it's a season of personal and corporate renewal. It's a time for intense study of God's Word, for meditation, for prayer, and for self-examination. Practically speaking, it's a time for putting aside the sins and failures of the past in order to journey toward who we are yet to become by the grace of Christ in baptism. And I shared this last year in a lot of churches, um, Easter is a big baptism day. Um, People who want to be baptized, they do all their education leading up to their baptism and then um, they have a huge baptism on Easter Sunday, which I think is a beautiful tradition. Um, I personally think of it as a time set aside for us to look to God and his word to be reminded of who we're created to be, and to examine what's holding us back from fully entering into that created plan. Um, And the answer, of course, is sin. Sin is what is keeping us from becoming the people God created us to be. And that's why we need to observe Lent we need a thorough house cleaning in order to regain our footing on the path of sanctification. So what I really want to do in this service and in this season is invite um, you, all of you, to join with us, your church family, in the observance of the disciplines of Lent and to help you understand what those are and why we practice them. Um, when I think about why I first wanted to do this um you know for those of you that follow my scripture journaling online um I did I, the the lent plan went out today and I talked about accidentally almost you know picking up a lenten reading pamphlet at the church that I was going to when I first moved back to Michigan and how it just it opened up this idea of observance that um I think was like a crack in the door and then um... it planted a seed and so typically the two times of the year that i'm talking about advent and lent they're both times of year that i feel have been hijacked by our culture and commercialized and they've been turned into you know santa and christmas trees and easter bunnies and new dresses and ham and turkey and and nothing about what they're really supposed to be about and so I understand that as a believer you know Christ dwells in me and so I'm not content to observe those special times for the church the way the world does and I'm not knocking anybody that I'm just saying it 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 became increasingly difficult for me to just do it that way and and I would always set off on this path to want to be more intentional and mindful and have more time in the word and and then somewhere along the line the busyness of it all would would crowd in and and it would end up being about bunnies and hams and Easter baskets and and I would feel like the, the Monday after Easter like this disappointment like I just missed something um so you know when I it was i don't even know how many years ago it was that I started um, well actually I do know it was when my um, when my daughter was in college, um, she went to a Christian college that had a phenomenal bookstore, and every time I went to visit her, I would arrive early so I could hit the bookstore before I went um, to meet her and um, I walked in one spring and there was a huge display of um books that you could read to take you through the Lent season. And um the very first pamphlet I read all those years ago was by Henry Nowen. And there was an entire book um, of readings and activities and prayers and um by it was actually not by him because he had passed away by this time, but um people from the Henry Nowen Society had compiled this and and so I bought it and I bet for five years in a row it was like I waited till I could get that book out again and go through it so that was really the beginning of my intentional journey through Lent but um, as as I started to grow and spend more time in the Word it it became there was just always this it's kinda like going down the rabbit hole there was always a need for more or always a looking for more and, um, and so it, the biggest reason I think that I do all this the reason that I I try so hard I start thinking right after Christmas like how to get myself what am I gonna do how am I gonna do this and I think the biggest thing that I came up with is that I want to be different on the other side of these 40 days I'm always looking for where you know I know that God doesn't save us and then just set us in a place and say just hold tight right there until I come and get you and take you to heaven it's not the way it works right he he saves us and then we start this journey of becoming more like him so that we're ready for heaven not that we would be kept out but you know what I mean so I'm always looking for like what's gonna what's gonna give me the bump up the next you know little ways on the journey and um, and I think that 's what this season can do, so you know in the last couple of years i 'm always saying god i don't want to be different when this I, I do want to be different when this is over. Um, I want to see Jesus more clearly. I want to walk in a new degree of freedom, and I want to bring him glory. you know i want I want what I do to bring him glory and I was um, last week, I was on vacation, and I was doing some reading and i was reading in in luke chapter 6 and um i have an online commentary that i use and um there was a a commentary by i just wrote meyer i don't even know one of the really old guys and um but i took his words from the commentary and i turned them into a prayer and i think it sort of embodies what what I was just saying, and what I I wrote as a prayer was, Jesus, I pray today that in word and deed, I would show whomever I meet that your divine life and principles animate me. So, you know, to be animated is to be active, it's to be alive, it's to move. So, so literally every move I make, every word I say, everything I do, you know, with my body, with my mind, with my mouth, with my, you know, let people see that 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 is in, I love that, um, that your divine life and principles are what are making that happen, Um, and that's what I want to see, you know, as a, as we journey through this 40 days. So, so having said that, you know, how do we do this? How do we? go about this. Um, there's there's three elements to the observance of Lent. Um, there's common Bible study and meditation um, which I think is really important because I think a lot of times too in our culture um, we're really good at doing things individually. We're really good at making a plan for ourselves and getting up in the morning and doing that plan. Um, what I love is that Jack and Becky you know have jumped on board and embraced the idea that we would communally walk through Lent. So that's why you all got delivered that lovely gift bag. You know, the thought to me that this morning or sometime today all of us read the same pages in that book. So we're all thinking about similar things. And I know Becky threw my, my scripture journal in there. So those that choose to do that, you know, we're all reading and writing out the same verses on any given day, which means that our, our hearts are being pulled in the same direction, which to me is a beautiful thing because it's also it, it, there's strength in numbers. And I, I love that. So there's common Bible study and meditation, there's prayer, and then there's fasting. And I think the fasting is the part that gets the bad rap. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a, um, a, a wonderful neighborhood. I love the neighborhood I grew up in. But It was like 50-50 Catholic kids that went to Catholic school and then Protestant kids that went to public or Christian school. And we all played together. But what I, my child remembrance of Lent was my Catholic friends eating fish and giving up chocolate. And I remember just thinking, like, wow, I'm really glad I dodged that bullet because I was Protestant and I didn't have to do that. But... Um, you know i didn 't know what it was, but that that 's kind of the most of what I knew and I think for a lot of people and i've even i've even talked to people who are Protestant that you know i 'll say something about observing Lent and, and they look at me and go, "Well we don't have to do that and i'm like, no, we don't have to, but we can, and I look at it like we get to and so you know maybe they 'll get there too, but that's typically how people tend to see it so um we talked about the first element, you know, common, common Bible study, the journal plan, and the Paul Tripp book. Um, but why do we talk about our sin and our need to repent for 40 days? I mean, that's a lot of days of looking at your stuff, right? And it, that can sound like it's going to be really awful. Um, and I think the reason is, first of all, because we don't like to talk about sin, and um, we'd really need to. And I love um, in the in the first reading for today, in the the little italicized part before reading one, Paul Tripp said that um, on the cross, his meaning God, holiness and grace kiss. And I love that imagery. That you know, God, God in His holiness can't tolerate sin. He absolutely can't. He can't even be in the presence of sin. He's so holy. And we are created in sin. We are we are sinful through and through. So by grace, through Christ, He created this situation where where we could come together. And I just I love the way He He put that. Um, you know, the other thing I think about when I think about the whole like the holiness of God, the grace of God, and my sin, and how those things come together. I realize that you know um what it means to me is that i can't hope to enter into the joy of the resurrection i can't fully just go bonkers happy on easter if i don't first understand my part in the crucifixion the only reason that easter is such a big deal is because of good friday and if i don't really understand that my sin put Jesus on that cross, then Easter's not really that exciting. And I think you know, I think we need to really remember that. We can't hope to enter into the joy of the resurrection if we don't first understand and own our part in the crucifixion. Last year I I used a example to to drive this point home. And I when I looked at my notes I was going to kind of toss it but I realized that it still holds and it holds for a reason that I'll tell you after I tell you the example so all of you know (laughs) my daughter got married in September and um, you know last year we were just starting down the road of planning for that wedding and everyone who's you know married off a daughter knows that a wedding is a lot of work a lot of money a lot of time and a really big deal but you do it we did it because of the joy and the excitement for that day um... it was a it was a level of work and commitment that we entered into because we knew the joy that was coming or we, we anticipated the joy that was coming so for ten months you know we prepared for one day it ended up being one glorious day. And, you know, and it was a glorious day because of all the planning, because of all the time taken to get it all ready. Easter is the wedding day. Lent is the planning. And what I was realizing um, is that last year I could use that illustration, but I didn't really know what, it was gonna, what the wedding day was going to be like yet, because we weren't there. This year, I can use that illustration, and I can tell you, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. And when I look at that in terms of Easter, all of us who know Christ, it's like we can stand over here and say to those that don't know Easter the way we know Easter, it's worth it. Go through the 40 days, look at your sin, you know, do the hard work. The, the glorious wedding day is worth it. And, you know, sometimes in the wedding prep, um, it, was, it was hard and it was costly, but it was worth it. And that's what I think examining ourselves and examining our sin is going to be hard and it's going to be costly, but it will be worth it. Um, we paid the expense with joy because we were so excited for the day. And I think that's the way we have to look at this. Um, the disciplines of Lent are payment for the wedding day. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. Okay, so obviously I could talk about my daughter's wedding forever, and that's not why we're here. So um, back to Lent and Easter. Um, we all know the basic premise, right, of what this is all about. Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins to save me, to save you. Where was my sin leading me? It was leading me to hell, plain and simple. And what was I being saved from? Eternal separation from God. And if that doesn't, like, jar you, then I need to say something else. I would be remiss if I didn't say this next part, because I don't know who's listening. Last year, I knew who my audience was. They were sitting in front of me. I don't know who's watching this, so I feel like I can't leave this out. Um, I know a lot of people look at heaven and hell sort of like a balance sheet. Um, Get enough marks in the good person column, and you're going to heaven. Please hear me. Please, if you don't hear anything else I say, hear this. Um, That is a total lie from the pit of hell designed to make sure that that's exactly where you end up. And I know that's not nice. (laughs) No one likes to hear that, but it's true. There is no balance sheet. And even if there was, you could never amass enough good deeds to get yourself into heaven. Ever. Ever. Why? Because there's absolutely only one way to get there. And people will tell you that there's all kinds of paths and they all lead to the same place, and they're lying to you. They might not realize they're lying to you, but they are. There is one way and one way only, and it's Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. So apart from the work of Jesus on the cross, you and I are headed to hell. To eternal separation from God, to punishment, to having the full... Wrath of a holy God who hates sin unleashed upon us at the judgment, and if that doesn't scare you again, you are not listening because it scares me, and and I know where I'm going, and it should scare you. So I want to read to you right now, um, probably my favorite ten verses in the entire Bible, probably. Um, But. I want you to hear this because this is what I'm talking about. This is Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. And the the word choices are so intentional here. So really that like, the words that seem the strongest, like listen to those, listen to those with a a more attuned ear. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So when I read those 10 verses, and then I think about this. I was heading for hell, and now my place in heaven is made secure because of the death of Christ on the cross. I was headed for eternal destruction and now I have a purpose and I have a place in eternity and I have a God who loves me and I have a fellowship of believers and I have all of that because of what Christ did on the cross so you might think well why isn't that the end of the story you know he did it it's done we're good um, and you know the reason is because we don't remain sin free um, We remain blameless, we are always blameless because of the blood of Christ, but we are not sin free. And if my place in heaven is secure, why then do I have to practice repentance? Well, because Lent is like a spring cleaning which will purify the clutter that has accumulated in my soul. I think this is another way of saying we're burdened. Soul clutter weighs us down. Um, And God, being rich in mercy, knew we would need a way to declutter. He knew that we would keep cluttering ourselves and burdening ourselves. And so he asked that we practice repentance. You know, that's the amazing thing about this. Every hard thing God asks us to do, he always gives us exactly what we need to be able to do it. You know, he's not a taskmaster. So... We practice repentance both privately and corporately and i love this our church fathers knew he they knew that we'd avoid it and that we'd put it off so they just put it on the calendar for us they just said they're not going to do it so we'll just make it part of the calendar and i just i think that's pretty cool too to think that you know all of that was done with our the care of our soul in mind so earlier i mentioned that we do this by common bible study prayer and fasting um in closing, getting, we're going to talk at the, about the fasting element and why do we fast and what do we fast. Again, it's personal, but a good guideline is to look at any and all things that tend to draw your heart away from God. What draws your heart away from God? What is it that you do that when you get done, you always think, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Where did that time go? Why Did I eat that? Why did I say that? Why did I watch that? Why did I buy that? Um, And, you know, it can go on and on. Sometimes it's a tangible thing, you know, like a habit or an object or a food like chocolate. But often it's an intangible. It's an attitude. It's a belief. It's a prejudice. It's something that we don't really know how to get our hands on. We just know when we've done it, we don't feel right. If it feels unclear to you, I'd like to help you gain some clarity. Um, we're going to read responsibly a prayer that I came across called the Litany of Penance. And this is from the Book of Common Prayer. And again, you know, having been raised Protestant, I've always been a little bit about rote prayers, but that's a fallacy. There's some really amazing things out there that can aid our our own prayers um, That that, you know, people years ago wrote to help us for our benefit. So um, it should be on your screen, and for those of you that are here, it would be in the, um, the handout that you have. So there's parts that we'll read together. I think Becky has those spelled out, and then there's parts that I'll read alone. So this is called The Litany of Penance from the Book of Common Prayer. Will you join me, please? Most holy and merciful Father, We confess to you and to one another and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth that we have sinned by our own fault, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, Lord. We have been deaf to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, Lord. We confess to you, Lord, all our past unfaithfulness, the pride, hypocrisy, and impatience of our lives. We confess to you, O Lord, our self-indulgent appetites and ways and our exploitation of other people We confess to you, O Lord. Our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves. We confess to you, O Lord. Our intemperate love of worldly goods and comforts and our dishonesty in daily life and work. We confess to you, Lord. Our negligence in prayer and worship and our failure to commend the faith that is in us. We confess to you, Lord. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs we have done, for our blindness to human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Accept our repentance, Lord, for all false judgments, for uncharitable thoughts towards our neighbors, and for our prejudice and contempt toward those who are different from us. Accept our repentance, Lord, for our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us. Accept our repentance, Lord. Restore us, good Lord, and let your anger depart from us. Favorably hear us, for your mercy is great. Accomplish in us the work of your salvation, that we may show forth your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Lord, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desires not the death of sinners, but rather that they may turn from their wickedness and live, has given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardons and absolves all those who truly repent and with sincere hearts believe his holy gospel. Therefore, we beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him, which we do on this day, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, So, um, before we go on to... The ash, the imposition of ashes, which is where Ash Wednesday gets its name from. Um, I'd like to um, ask you. I think you have a piece of paper and a pencil, or a pen, or um, something that you can write on. Um, and you know, maybe you're ready for this, maybe you're not. But what I'd like to encourage you to do is take some time, either if if you know what it is right now, or tonight, or first thing tomorrow morning. But before you get Going in your day tomorrow I'd like you to um to try to take some time to be still before God and to ask him what's drawing your heart away from him. Ask him to show you and ask him for the courage to lay down whatever that is um, for the next forty days um, there's tremendous significance in the forty day period um, I think any of us who've any of you who've been serious readers of the Bible know this, but you know Elijah fled in fear into the wilderness and after forty days god spoke to him you know jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted for forty days and when he came out his public ministry began um god works in increments of time he's not bound by time but i think anytime we take a, a segment of time and say i am going to do nothing else with this time but see how close i can get to you he honors that so i think my you know my question is you know what would you like to hear or what would you like to be doing um, at the end of these forty days and and write that down too. Um, one final thing i am a um... huge 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 fan of charles spurgeon and um... i was reading something this morning and and i just i love this quote because i think it, it is a good setup for going into the imposition of ashes Spurgeon says, Repentance is a discovery of the evil of sin, a mourning that we have committed it, a resolution to forsake it. It is, in fact, a change of mind of a very deep and practical character, which makes the man and woman love what he once hated and hate what he once loved. So, what I would like to say is as we move into the imposition of ashes, reflect on the love that you'd rather hate and the hate that you long to see transformed into love and give that to God. Now for the ashes, Uh, you were all given ashes and told to bring them along, Um, but Jack has extra. But I'm just going to read this, and then if you have your ashes, that's great, and if you would like Um, The imposition of ashes, Jack will be um, here to put them on your forehead with a Q-tip so as to be careful. Um, So if if you choose, and you don't have to do this, um, we're going to do what's called the imposition of ashes. This is completely optional. Um, The ashes are seen as a symbol of sorrow and repentance for sin. They're a sign of intention to die to the old ways and to live a new life for Christ. For us, they're a symbol of our desire to walk more closely to Jesus over these next 40 days as we allow him full access to our hearts and lives in the process of soul decluttering for the purpose of greater freedom in him. I thank you so much for being here. Um, I thank you, Jack and Becky, for giving me the opportunity to to um, share something that means so much to me. And um, I would just like to close us in prayer and then we can go um, to the ashes. Well, Father God, um, again, my prayer is that uh, you take my words, you take my study, you take my thoughts, my ideas um, that all came from you. And God, that they would find a home in the hearts of your people. I pray, God, that there are People out there right now, um, scribbling on a piece of paper, knowing exactly what what's keeping them from being close to you. I pray God that there are people right now whose hearts are quickened at the idea of spending forty concentrated concentrated days trying to get closer into your presence. I pray God that you know whatever lies of the enemy about this season and about this practice, I pray that you would just silence those lies. I pray that you would help people to see, Lord, the joy that comes at the end of this and that they would be willing and ready and excited to enter into what it is that you have. God, you are worth it. You're worth everything you ask us to do. You're worth every. Um, every bit of discomfort or pain that we might feel as we house clean or soul declutter. Um, help us to see you that way as infinitely of infinitely more worth than anything this world could dangle in front of us. God, you are, are our father. You, know, you are the one who came and found us when we weren't worthy and you made us worthy and then you lavished your love on us and we're so grateful. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Well, thank you so much, Susie. We appreciate your teaching, for you sharing with us tonight all that the Lord has shared with you. I like that teaching and I know you can tell when it's a good teacher when they talk to you about sin and you're actually excited to enter into these 40 days. And so thank you for encouraging us to participate in Lent as an activity to draw us closer to Christ. And I think we all want to do that. So we will be closing. And as I finish, we'll turn off the live stream. And if you are at home and some of you, the Lake Effect people, you're given your little vial of ashes, you can put that on at home uh, together. Maybe with family members or all alone, just spend some time with the Lord to do that. And we here, um, the few of us that are in the sanctuary, we'll spend our own time alone. But we just want to encourage you to just take some time in doing that. I remember the very first time I participated in putting ashes On my forehead was when I was in seminary. It was a unique experience for me. I'd never done it before. But I remember we did it in the morning. Morning chapel. And it drove me crazy all day. Having the ashes on my forehead. Because it was like being dirty. And the whole day I just wanted to go wash that off because it just bothered me so much, but I kept it on the whole day. And I think that was such a good reminder to me of the prayer of like David prayed, Lord, just restore me. Because I think sometimes we get, we get comfortable with our sin. And it was such a reminder for me to have that on my forehead, like how quickly I wanted to get rid of that. But just praying, God, give me that desire for any of my own sin in my life, that I would just want to rub that off, get rid of my sin. So thank you, Susie, for leading us. Thank all of you for joining us at home. We pray that you have a wonderful 40 days of Lent and that if there's anything we can do for you, please do not hesitate to contact us. Thank you so much. May God bless you all. Amen.